0: Welcome to The Lit Life, the podcast by two Nightdale librarians, Nightdale staff, and Nightdale students, where we talk about lit, YA lit. Hi, my name is Tanaya. And my name is Adriana. And today's podcast is going to be called Leading to the End. It's going to be split into two parts, Leading to the End and The Unraveling. The book that we decided to do this on was The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison.
1: And our goal is to lead up to the end by discussing some of the main events of the book and discuss why the narrator's name should have been revealed and why it should have
0: ended differently.
1: So, for The Invisible Man, the story was written in first person and was a tale of a young narrator and how naive he was growing up. The story was a flashback of the narrator's life from the time he was in college until he died. Or did he? The narrator was trying to discover who he was as a person and and what his purpose in the world was. He says, When I... When I discover who I am, I will be free.
0: The speaker was the narrator that was never named in the novel, so he was always referred to as the narrator throughout the whole book since his identity was never truly revealed. Um, The reason for this was because he felt that those around him saw him as invisible. Quoted is, I am invisible, understand simply because people refuse to see me. So basically he felt like he was invisible because other people wouldn't see him, but in my opinion, he was invisible because he really wouldn't put himself out there unless he was doing something to please the white man.
1: I agree with that. He also said, and my problem was that I always tried to go in everyone's way but my own. So like what Tanaya said, that's exactly what he tried to do. He never went in his own way. And that's really what got in, got hit, got in the way of him trying to live his own personal life. An example of this was when the narrator won the scholarship to go to a university, the narrator showed it around a, an important factor figure named Mr. Norton. While showing him around, they came across Trueblood, who told a a disturbing story, and their narrator got kicked out of the school by Dr. Bledsoe, when in reality, he was just trying to please him and Mr. Norton, but instead of that, backfired, and he had to move from the South to New York.
0: So tying back to the scholarship, the only reason the narrator got the scholarship is because he participated in the Battle Royale. He was invited to what seemed like was a party, but he was blindfolded and forced to fight other boys that were it, that go to the school, and his reward was placed on an electrified rug, and a, wasn't it in the briefcase? Yes. Yes, which is another key part in the story that we'll get to later. Um, and after the Battle Royale, he delivers a speech about how black men should defer to white men in all matters, basically making them feel less than the white man, no matter what. And... After the Battle Royale, he wins, he gets a scholarship, and he attends the school, and then, you know, he's people pleaser, so all he did while he was there was really try to get under Dr. Bledsoe.
1: Speaking of Dr. Bledsoe, he wrote plenty of re- letters of recommendation for the narrator, which later we do find out they weren't actual letters of recommendation. And the narrator decides to move to, or he moves to New York, and he realizes it's such a different experience from what goes on in the North to what goes on in the South
0: in terms of race and how people are seen because he was shocked because he's on a side streak and there was not a riot but there was like a, a type of protest going on people were screaming and shouting in the streets and the police were just chilling on the corner like they didn't even care
1: right that's crazy. That
0: that, <laughs> i can see how that's crazy for him <laughs>
1: Then we flash forward to where um, the narrator goes to plenty of job interviews where he is denied. It is, it is until he meets Mr. Emerson on one of the job interviews where he feels bad for him and he decides to give him a job at Liberty Paints. And Liberty Paints, that's a whole different story because once he gets there, it's supposed to be the purest, the
0: whitest paint, but he realizes that it has a couple of black dots in it uh, of black paint. And the symbolism behind that could be that behind every powerful white man is a black man or a black woman or someone black in general.
1: But going back a little bit, in his search for jobs, the narrator does meet a character named Mary. And she is like a mother figure to him and takes her, takes him up under her wing and takes care of him and it reminds him of his people from the South.
0: During his stay with Mary, he meets Brother Jack with, at like a protest where... Um, wasn't it Rosick Store that was speaking at that yes, one? Yes, he was. Yeah, which ugh, we hey, can get yeah. to that later. <laughs> so he's at a protest where he meets Rosick Storter, and then Brother Jack offers him an invitation to join the Brotherhood. And, and that's all we have time for today, folks. We'll so stay
1: tuned for part two, where <laughs> it's called Unraveling. The Unraveling, and we'll get into that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Lit Live. Check us out on the Nightdale High School Library website and follow us on social media.